Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading... The Golden Bird! So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a... Grim Reading! In olden times, there was a king who had behind his palace a beautiful garden in which there was a tree that bore golden apples. When the apples were getting ripe, they were counted, but on the very next morning, one was missing. This was told to the king, and he ordered that a watch should be kept every night beneath the tree. The king had three sons, the eldest of whom he sent as soon as night came on into the garden to watch out, to watch out for the yeah. apples. But when midnight came, he could not keep himself from sleeping, and next morning again an apple was gone. He only lasted until midnight. Yeah. Wow. Tired boy. <laughs> he really is. The following night, the second son had to keep watch, and it fared no better with him. As soon as 12 o'clock had struck, he fell asleep, and in the morning an apple was gone. Mm. Now it came to the turn of the third son to watch, and he was quite ready, but the king had not much trust in him, and thought that he would be of less use even than his brothers, but at last he let him go. So he's thinking, this son is useless. Yeah. Well, you don't even try it, son. But he's pestered him, and now he's let him he, go. Just l- let me sit in front of the apple tree at night, Dad, please. I'm going to stay up all night. <laughs> <laughs> the youth lay down beneath the tree, but kept awake and did not let sleep master no him. Way. How does he do it? When it struck 12, something rustled through the air, and in the moonlight, he saw a bird coming whose feathers were all shining with gold. The bird alighted on the tree and had just plucked off an apple when the youth shot an arrow at him. The bird flew off, but the arrow had struck his plumage and one of his golden feathers fell down. The youth picked it up and the next morning took it to the king and told him what he had seen in the night. The king called to his council together and everyone declared that a feather like this was worth more than the whole kingdom. Whoa. If the feather is so precious, declared the king, one alone will not do for me. I must and will have the whole bird. You Are you up to speed? Yeah, I'm up to speed. I mean, yeah, I've got questions. <laughs> I'll save them. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a long story. Oh, yeah, I Just think it's best I save them up. For the yeah. record, this is a longie. Okay. Okay, so settle in. Yeah, I'm ready. Chuck another log on the fire, please. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my tea. I'm ready. The eldest son set out. He trusted to his cleverness and thought that he could easily find the golden bird. So the the eldest son set off. He's out to get the bird for his dad. But when he had gone some distance, he saw a fox sitting at the edge of a wood. So he cocked his gun and took aim at him. The fox cried, Do not shoot me, and in return I will give you some good counsel. You are on the way to the golden bird, and this evening you will come to a village in which stand two inns opposite to one another. One of them is lighted up brightly, and all goes on merrily within. But do not go into it. Go rather into the other, even though it seems a bad one. (laughs) What's bad about it? Not much nightlife. Wow, wow. (laughs) Oh, you might be onto something there. How can such a silly beast give wise advice? Thought the king's son, and he pulled the trigger. But he missed the fox, who stretched out his tail and ran quickly into the wood. Phew. Phew, that was a close one. So... The son pursued his way, and by evening he came to the village where the two inns were, and in one they were singing and dancing, and the other had a poor, miserable look. Well, I should be a fool indeed, he thought, if I were to go into the shabby tavern and pass by for the good one. So he went into the cheerful one, and lived there in riot and revel, and forgot the bird and his father and all good counsels. (laughs) Well, he just forgot everything. (laughs) It's like he walks in, shirt off. When you have a night out that's so good, you literally forget everything. Wow. Yeah, you wake up and you're just like, where, where am I? What's going on? But someone's passed the, you know, uh, sex on the beach to you. <laughs> yeah, already. Yeah, no, I think he goes in there, starts partying, and he just doesn't stop for the yeah. rest of his life. I'll have four my ties. <laughs> Let's get this party started. <laughs> when some time had passed, 
and the eldest son for month after month did not come back home because <laughs> he's in Ibiza. The second son then set out, wishing to find the golden bird. The fox met him as he had met the eldest and gave him the good advice of which he took no heed. Mm. He came to the two inns and his brother was standing at the window of the one from which came the music and he called out to him. It's like, bro! <laughs> Yay. It's all kicking off in here. Come on. It's popping off, bro. <laughs> and he couldn't resist, but went inside and lived only for pleasure. Wow. Again, some time passed. And then the king's youngest son wanted to set off and try his luck. But his father would not allow it. It is of no use, said he. He will find the golden bird no better than his brothers. And if a mishap were to befall him, he knows not how to help himself. He is a little wanting at the best. But at last, as he had no peace... He let him go. So his opinion of him didn't change when he was the no. one that found the... Mm. No, Dan's got favourites. Yeah. So the youngest son set off. And again, the fox was sitting outside the wood. And he begged for his life and offered his good advice. So the, the youngest son had got the gun out. The same situation had happened. And the fox had given him the good advice. Mm. The youth was good-natured and said, Be easy, little fox. I will do you no harm. You shall not repent it, answered the fox, and that you may get on more quickly. Get up behind on my tail. And scarcely what? had he seated himself when the fox began to run, and away he went over stock and stone till his hair whistled in the wind. So he's riding on the fox, he's Adam. He's riding the fox. He's riding the fox. And what benefit is this? He gets there a bit quicker. Yeah. <laughs> Super fast fox transportation. What? When they came to the village, the youth got off. He followed the good advice, and without looking round, turned into the little inn where he spent the night quietly. Nice. That sounds like my kind of inn as well. Well, you can hear the neighbouring inn. Like, yeah. <laughs> but in this inn, there's three people. <laughs> and I just sit in a quiet corner with a, just a little pint of ale. The next morning, as soon as he got into the open country, there sat the fox already and said, I will tell you further what you have to do. Go on quite straight, and at last you will come to a castle, in front of which a whole regiment of soldiers is lying. But do not trouble yourself about them, for they will be asleep and snoring. Go through the midst of them straight into the castle, and go through all the rooms, till at last you will come to a chamber where a golden bird is hanging in a wooden cage. Close by there stands an empty gold cage for show, but beware of taking the bird out of the common cage and putting it into the fine one, or it may go badly for you. With these words, the fox again stretched out his tail, and the king's son seated himself upon it, and away he went, over stock and stone, till his hair whistled in the wind. Is he... wait, what's... is he on the fox again? He's off, yeah. Nice. So the fox has told him where to find the golden bird, basically, and he said, right, hop on my tail, I'll take you there. And there's soldiers keeping guard, but they're all asleep. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. What is it with people that just can't stay awake? <laughs> this land of Nod or something. When he came to the castle, he found everything as the fox had said. The king's son went into the chamber where the golden bird was shut up in a wooden cage while a gold one stood nearby, and the three golden apples lay about the room. Mm. So those are the golden apples from the start of the story. But, thought he, well, so, I mean, job done, right? Yeah, he's, he's found the golden, golden bird. bird. Yeah. But, thought he, it would be absurd if I were to leave the beautiful bird in, in the common and ugly cage. So he opened the door, laid hold of it, and put it into the golden cage. Oh, I thought you were the smart one, mate. But at the same moment, the bird uttered a shrill cry. The soldiers awoke, rushed in, and took him off to prison. The next morning, he was taken before a court of justice, and as he confessed everything, was sentenced to death. Well, that happened quick. The king, however, said that he would grant him his life on one condition. Hmm. Namely, if he brought him the golden horse, which ran faster than the wind... And in that case, he should receive, over and above, as a reward, the golden bird. Okay, there's a golden horse now. Yeah, so he said, look, we're going to execute you unless I've got a little mission for you. You can go get me the golden horse. And then, you know what? I'll set you free and give you a golden bird. Wow. Okay, this is escalating. And the golden horse has been stealing his golden carrots or something. Let's not add a subplot. Okay. Because <laughs> we've got a lot to get okay, through. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> golden horse. The king's son set off. But he sighed and was sorrowful, for how was he to find the golden horse? But all at once, he saw his old friend, the fox, sitting in the road. Excellent. Look, said the fox, this has happened because you did not give heed to me. However, be of courage. 
I will give you my help and tell you how to get the golden horse. You must go straight on, and you will come to a castle where in the stable stands the horse. The grooms will be lying in front of the stable, but they will be asleep and snoring, and you can quietly lead out the golden horse. But of one thing you must take heed. Put on him the common saddle of wood and leather, and not the golden one which hangs close by, else it will go badly for you. Then the fox stretched out his tail, the king's son seated himself upon it, and away he went, over stock and stone, until his hair whistled in the wind. What stock? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you wouldn't ask me that. <laughs> okay. I'm right. imagining like a little fence. Oh, okay. Over fences and stones. It's like a lightning fast fox, just yeah, like yeah. hopping over all this stuff. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing's going to stop him. And the, and the son's just got his arms behind his head on the tail, like really comfy. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that would be a comfy ride, yeah, first class. Yeah, luxurious. You are now reaching your destination. <laughs> we'll shortly be arriving. This at... fox is calling us. <laughs> <laughs> Everything happened just as the fox had said. The prince came to the stable in which the golden horse was standing. But just as he was going to put the common saddle upon him, he thought, I'll be ashamed. Oh, come on. To such a beautiful beast if I do not give him the good saddle which belongs to him by right. But scarcely had the golden saddle touched the horse than he began to neigh loudly. The grooms awoke, seized the youth, and threw him into prison. The next morning, he was sentenced by the court to death. But, again, this king <laughs> promised... I might have an idea where this going. <laughs> but this king promised to grant him his life, and the golden horse as well, if he could bring back the beautiful princess from the golden castle. Wait, she's not golden? Oh, no, it's a golden no. castle, right. Yeah, there's still gold involved. Okay. But it's a normal, regular human woman. Is this going to end up with someone asking him to get some golden apples or something? Oh, a nice circular. Yeah. Oh, should we be predicting the end? Already, I probably shouldn't. I've never done that before. Listen, just settle back on your like foxtail yeah. chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just enjoy. Just, just to go where the story takes me. Yeah, yeah. With a heavy heart, the youth set out. Yet luckily for him, he soon found a trusty fox. I ought only to leave you to your bad luck, said the fox. But I pity you and will help you once more out of your trouble. He's very helpful. Yeah, he's a good fox, isn't he? I know, I would have given up by now. <laughs> he gives him very simple advice and keeps ignoring it. <laughs> this road takes you straight to the Golden Castle. You will reach it by evening, and at night, when everything is quiet, the beautiful princess goes to the bathing house to bathe. When she enters it, run up to her and give her a kiss. Then, Whoa. then she will follow you, and you can take her away with you. Only do not allow her to take leave of her parents first, or it will go badly for you. Then the fox stretched out his tail, and the king's son seated himself upon it. And away went the fox, over stock and stone, till his hair whistled in the wind. <laughs> oh, these stocks and stones again. I love this line. <laughs> over stock and stone. We will be doing a remix of that line at some point. <laughs> when he reached the golden castle, it was just as the fox had said. He waited until midnight, when everything lay in deep sleep. And the beautiful princess was going to the bathing house. Adam does not look no, impressed. I'm really not impressed. I'm not enjoying this. This is an awful... What? No. no. So it's midnight. Everyone's gone to bed. The princess has gone to the bathing house. Yeah, she's gone for a bath. Then he sprang out and gave her a kiss. No. No. <laughs> she said that she would like to go with him. <laughs> but, but she asked him pitifully and with tears to allow her first to leave... <laughs> To take leave of her parents. What is this scene? What is this? He's like, hello. <laughs> I'm a strange man and you're about to get in the bath. Here, have a kiss. Oh no, I'd love to go with you. But my pet. What is happening? Pucker up, princess. <laughs> if you like that kiss, let's go. <laughs> She's not locked up in the castle, right? She lives with her mum and dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So at first he withstood her prayer. But when she wept more and more and fell at his feet, he at last gave in. He said, all right, go speak to your parents then. But no sooner had the maiden reached the bedside of her father than he and all the rest in the castle awoke and the youth was laid hold of and put into prison. J justly. Yeah. <laughs> He's breaking so many rules, yes, this whole so story. The next morning, the king said to him, your life is forfeited and you can only find mercy if you take away the hill which stands in front of my windows and prevents my seeing beyond it. And you must finish it all within eight days. If you do that, you shall have my daughter as your reward. Oh, he just wants him for some construction work. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Excavating. The king's son began and dug and shoveled without leaving off. But when after seven days he saw how little he had done and how all his work was as good as nothing, he fell into great sorrow and gave up all hope. Oh, no. 
So it's looking bad, Adam. It's I looking mean, it's like looking it's dire. all over for our guy. But on the evening of the seventh day, the fox appeared. Oh, he's back. And said, you do not deserve that I should take any trouble for you. No. But just go away and lie down to sleep and I will do the work for you. The next morning, when he awoke and looked out of the window, the hill had gone. The youth ran, full of joy, to the king and told him that the task was fulfilled. And whether he liked it or not, the king had to hold to his word and give him his daughter. <laughs> you, uh, Yay! There's nothing I can do. <laughs> She's uh, being taken away and he's just standing at his window like, Ah, it's better. <laughs> he's talking to his wife. Look, we can see the forest, dear. Oh, yeah, oh look, the forest and the sea. <laughs> Bye, darling. Uh, so... The youth's done it. He's got the, the princess from the Golden Castle. Fantastic. And the two set forth together. And it was not long before the trusty fox came up with them. So they were just walking along the road. Met the fox. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. You have certainly got what is best, said he. But the golden horse also belongs to the maiden of the Golden Castle. Well, how shall I get it? Asked the youth. That I will tell you, answered the fox. First, take the beautiful maiden to the king who sent you to the golden castle. There will be unheard of rejoicing, and they will gladly give you the golden horse, and will bring it out to you. Mount it as soon as possible, and offer your hand to everyone in farewell, and last of all to the beautiful maiden. As soon as you have taken her hand, swing her up onto the horse and gallop away, and no one will be able to bring you back, for the horse runs faster than the wind. You're looking quizzical. I don't understand. Okay, so... <laughs> Is he shaking everyone's hand? Or is he waving at them? Well, okay, so it's like an elastic bandsman stretch, right? He's had all these deals, deals, deals. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. Now he's going back, but he's he's thinking, well, you know, actually, I'd quite like to keep the princess and the yeah, golden yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fox and has said, right, I'll tell you what you to do. you can do that. Go back to the per, the one who wanted the princess and was yeah. going to give him the... Horse. But then he's going to get on the horse instead. He's going to get on the horse, and while he's on the horse, he's going to shake everyone's hand, say bye. Bye, bye, bye. Lovely then he's going to whip the princess yeah. onto the horse, yeah. and they're going to go to the next deal? Well, yeah. I mean, that's just phase one. We're just okay. getting out of there first. Right, right, right. Actually, thinking about it, why does he have to shake everyone's hands? He could just immediately shake her hands. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, he's being polite, I guess. Yeah. I'm with you. All was carried out successfully, Adam. The plan went flawlessly. Okay. And the king's son carried off the beautiful princess on the golden horse. So now, so now the idea is, right, he's got to go give the horse back to get the golden bird. Yeah. But the fox is still with them. And he said to the youth, now I will help you to get the golden bird. When you come near the castle where the golden bird is to be found, let the maiden get down and I will take her into my care. Then ride with the golden horse into the castle yard. There will be great rejoicing at the sight and they will bring out the golden bird for you. As soon as you have the cage in your hand, gallop back to us and take the maiden away again. So he's going to get everything. Yeah. And when the plan had succeeded, it that went flawlessly as well. Of course. And the king's son was about to ride home with his treasures. The fox said, Now you shall reward me for my help. Ah, uh, I knew this was ah. coming. Day of reckoning. Any idea what the fox is going to want? Um, the gold, A golden apple? Can I go through your bins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you require for it? asked the youth. When you get into the wood yonder, shoot me dead and chop off my head and feet. What? what? Why? He what? wants to be shot dead, Adam, and have his head and feet chopped why? off. Why? Well, why? Of course he does. It's a just reward. I mean, if that's what he wants. <laughs> okay, strange request. <laughs> oh, that would be fine gratitude, said the king's son. I cannot possibly do that for you. The fox said, if you will not do it, I must leave you. But before I go away, I will give you a good piece of advice. Be careful about two things. Buy no gallows flesh and do not sit at the edge of any well. And then he ran into the wood. What? The youth thought, that is a wonderful beast. He has some strange whims. Who is going to buy gallows flesh? And the desire to sit at the edge of a well has never yet seized me. <laughs> what? You're right. What? What's gallows flesh? What are you talking about? Well, exactly. That's what they used to think. He's like, well, what on earth that weird what, what fox even is that? talking about with I'm his weird whims? It's like, yeah, that's not a problem, fox. Yeah. See ya. Well, he rode on with the beautiful maiden and his road took him again through the village in which his two brothers had remained. Mm -hmm. So he's galloping along, golden horse, golden bird, golden girl. Well, she's not golden. 
No, it's not golden. He's got everything. Yeah, he's got it all. And he's back in the village with his brothers. There was a great stir and noise. And when he asked what was going on, he was told that two men were going to be hanged. As he came nearer to the place, he saw that they were his brothers. Oh no, what did they do? They'd been playing all kinds of wicked pranks and had squandered all their wealth. Oh no. He inquired whether they could not be set free. If you'll pay for them, answered the people. But why should you waste your money on wicked men and buy them free? He did not think twice about it, but paid for them. And when they were set free, they all went on their way together. Oh, gallows flesh. They came to the wood where the fox had first met them. And as it was cool and pleasant there, the two brothers said, Let us rest a little by the well and eat and drink. He agreed. And while they were talking, he forgot himself and sat down upon the edge of the well without thinking of any evil. But the two brothers threw him backwards into the well, took the maiden, the horse and the bird and went home to their father. Here we bring you not only the golden bird, said they, we have won the golden horse also, and the maiden from the golden castle. Then there was great joy, but the horse would not eat, the bird would not sing, and the maiden sat and wept. But the youngest brother was not dead. Whoa! By good fortune... Whoa! (laughs) That was such a big plot twist, I genuinely didn't see that coming. By good fortune, the well was dry, and he fell upon soft moss without being hurt, but he could not get out again. Even in this stray Adam, the faithful fox did not leave him. Oh, amazing. It came and leapt down to him, and upbraided him for having forgotten its advice. And why don't you shoot me? <laughs> oh, but yet I cannot give it up so, said he. I will help you up again into daylight. He bade him grasp his tail and keep tight hold of it, and then he pulled him up. You are not out of all danger yet, said the fox. Your brothers were not sure of your death and have surrounded the wood with their watchers who were to kill you if you were to let yourself be seen. But a poor man was sitting on the road with whom the youth changed clothes and in this way he got to the king's palace. What, and the old man got killed? (laughs) Horribly (laughs) murdered. (laughs) Back down the well. It's a nice coat though. As soon as he swapped the clothes, he's walking off. And yeah. The other guy just gets murdered immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Bye. <laughs> Waves over his shoulder. Wow. But he's, you know, he's he's in these raggedy clothes and he's back in the palace. Wow. No one knew him, but yet the bird began to sing. The horse began to eat and the beautiful maiden left off weeping. The king, astonished, asked, what does this mean? Then the maiden said, I do not know, but I have been so sorrowful, and now I'm so happy. I feel as if my true bridegroom had come. She told him all that had happened, although the other brothers had threatened her with death if she was to betray anything. Oh dear. The king commanded that all people who were in his castle should be brought before him, and amongst them came the youth in his ragged clothes. But the maiden knew him at once and fell upon his neck. The wicked brothers were seized and put to death, but he was married to the beautiful maiden, and declared heir to the king. It's not quite the end. <gasps> Meanwhile, the fox... Eh? 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 But how did it fare with the poor fox? <laughs> yeah. It's actually happening. post credit scene. Oh, amazing. Long afterwards, the king's son was once again walking in the wood when the fox met him and said... You have everything now that you can wish for, but there is never any end to my misery, and yet it is within your power to free me. And again he asked him, with tears, to shoot him dead and chop off his head and feet. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't understand. So he did it, and scarcely was it done when the fox was changed into a man, and was no other than the brother of the beautiful princess, who at last was freed from the magic charm which had been laid upon him. And now they never lacked in happiness as long as they lived. bizarre 
sort of seem markedly less impressed than I thought you'd be. You just seem bamboozled. Well, I'm a little bit bamboozled. It's just a lot to take in. It's an awful lot to take in, isn't it? Um, it's a massive one. It's a biggie. I mean, any time you've got a, a magical fox telling you to just kill me, kill me, please, <laughs> please. within your power, please just chop off my head and feet. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact you could get sentenced to death for pranking. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing some wicked pranks. <laughs> They've been very bad boys. <laughs> They've been like setting buckets of water up above yeah. doors and things like that. They're just having the most amazing party and then they yeah. just take it a little bit too far. Bit too far. Music stops, everyone turns and looks at them and they're like, <laughs> Oh, so, sorry guys, we're just having a bit of fun. Don't, uh, no, no, you don't have to. Right. They're backing. Bring him up, lads. <laughs> Get the noose out. And then he that comes That was one along. wicked prank. <laughs> that, that prank was too wicked. <laughs> Off to the gallows. Mm. Boy. There's a lot going on in that There's so story. much going on. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't actually quite believe yeah. what happened when the two brothers just pushed him down the well. Yeah. Did What's that take you surprise? Yeah. It really did. And I thought, that's it, he's dead. And I thought, yeah. what an incredible ending to a fairy tale where mm. they, they just get all the credit and that's it. Yeah. But thankfully, he wasn't dead. He fell on some moss, so it's all good. I know, it's like, fortunately, the well was dry. In my head, that would yeah. almost be worse. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> just break all your bones yeah. rather than tread water. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm pleased that killing the fox was for a good reason. Although, for a really random reason, like... Okay, there's a brother. Did I know about the brother? Did I care about the brother? I mean, I guess I care about the brother. But she didn't seem that upset that her brother was gone. No, she yeah. She never mentioned him. It's the first we've heard of her brother. Yeah. So he like... Completely random. He's like, okay, you'll do it. Goodbye, old friend, Mr. Fox. And he shoots him and cuts off his head and, and feet. And then this man springs forth. And she goes, oh, that's my brother. And he's like, you never told me you had a brother. <laughs> You've got a brother. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm, uh, I'm the youth. <laughs> Funny story how we met. I literally just ran up and kissed her. It was yeah. hilarious. That is bad. That bit of the story. That's really bad. But just on what you were just saying, um, the whole fox asking him to kill him. And I love it. It's not just like, kill me. It's like, chop off my head and feet. That's one of the things within this story that we've seen before, which is redemption through decapitation. What? <laughs> you haven't done that before. It's a trope I've kind of teased before. It's and it's it's a motif that's found a lot in fairy tales and folklore. I think it was either in Puss in Boots or The Frog Prince. Some versions of those stories have the end of the story instead of kissing the frog, throwing it at the wall, or Puss in Boots just disappearing. They turn and say, "Chop my head off," mm. and then they transform into your prince or princess. Right. So that is something that we have vaguely come across before and that is weirdly a theme in folklore and fairy tales what? <laughs> uh golden horses seen those before have we we had two golden horses in the gold children oh yeah and final kind of similarity we've had with other stories the biggest one this is kind of another simpleton story I feel like I'm going to have to remind you about this. No, no, no. I, okay. I know about the Simpleton stories, except this kind of isn't. Exactly. It breaks the formula because at the beginning, it sets up to be that. He's the only one that actually successfully keeps watch over the tree. And then he's the only one that passes the initial test with the fox. Yeah. But then he keeps failing them. Yes. What's exactly. So we've had the Simpleton trilogy before, which is uh, which we recently completed with the Three Feathers. So these are all stories about three brothers, the youngest of whom is known as Simpleton, and then the two older brothers fail and Simpleton wins and marries the princess. Yeah. So yeah, The Queen Bee, episode 23, The Golden Goose, episode 33, and The Three Feathers, episode 68. And as you say, this has like the same setup as those, but then kind of goes off the rails. Yeah. And also, if you remember from The Three Feathers, I told you about an erased Simpleton story called The White Dove, where the exact thing happened... A dove came and stole the apples from the tree. You probably won't remember this. No. But we did talk about it in the episode, and perhaps we now know why they erased the white dove, because that whole thing is within this story. Yeah, golden bird. 
but yeah, you're right. I mean, it completely, after the beginning, it kind of jettisons that whole simpleton idea. Yeah. And really, like another epic we had very recently, Brother Lustig, the morals are kind of all over the shop in this one. Mm. What is this story saying? Yeah. So he's advised to get the like more humble items by the fox. Like don't get the golden cage, get the wooden cage or it will go horribly wrong for you. Yeah. But he thinks nah and he just takes the gold, which gets him caught. And then you think, okay, he's going to learn a lesson. No, but the fox just comes to his rescue. Just does it repeatedly. He's actively reneging on deals, robbing several properties, aggressively kissing princesses Mm. and doing all this like for various different people as well. Like he's well in over his head. Yeah. And in the end, stealing all the fancy stuff makes him rich and the king. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, because he ends up with all the golden stuff. Yeah, I don't understand the moral message. I don't think there is one. Um, Do you like that whole kind of like, okay, so I've caught you, I'm going to kill you, or you can do this mission for me. And then that kind of it just gets tangled up and tangled up. No, I up. love that. That's great. It's good, isn't That's it? That's really good. So the narrative arc there is fantastic. I love the idea that the other brothers went into the wrong inn and just stayed there, <laughs> having a whale of a time. Not leaving. <laughs> Never leaving this place. <laughs> so good. And like, wasn't the, the, the first brother in the inn mm. for like months or something? Yes. Says, and then the other brother comes along and is in the window like, come in. Hey. hey. <laughs> he chucks. Um, you got my message. <laughs> come on. Oh, that's great. And then the door opens and it's like, woo! And then the door closes. <laughs> it's brilliant. And I, I like the addition of the brothers because you could just have a guy goes off on this adventure yeah. and gets the princess. But you've yeah. got this little sub story with the yeah. brothers. You kind of, you know, that simpleton angle stuffed in there. Yeah. But then with the kind of murderous brothers at the end. Yeah. Which is quite a nice way to, because it would almost be like way too easy for him like just stealing all that stuff and riding home. Yeah. You know, it like adds an extra dimension to the story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Quite like that. I guess the fox is really the hero of the story. Ooh. But is he though? No. Because he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> the boy's the hero. <laughs> the fox is just this like helper that just literally does everything for him. Yeah. And actually on so on the fox helper Last summer, I read Homer's The Odyssey, and this story and the fox in particular instantly reminded me of it. I've somehow managed to not brag about the fact that I did that last summer. But how did you manage that? I'd be telling everyone. <laughs> I read The Odyssey, just repeatedly tweeting it yeah. from our group meeting again. This reminds me of when I was reading The Odyssey. <laughs> Did somebody say Odysseus? <laughs> well, I read the Odyssey. Um, it was actually pretty good. It was like my grim homework over the summer. And okay. it was pretty good. As you know, like one of the earliest kind of stories in the Western mm. canon. Um, and yeah, this story put me in mind of it. It's the fox helper constantly telling him what to do is very similar to in the Odyssey. Odysseus, at every turn, he just gets help from the gods. Right. So you you kind of vaguely know the story of uh, the Odyssey, right? Yeah. Odysseus is trying to get back from the Trojan War, yeah, back to Ithaca, and he goes on this like ten year voyage. To and get you've got home. all these mini stories within it. So like, yeah. when you're a young kid and you're at like primary school in the UK or whatever, you get told. What well, I certainly did. I got told the sto- the story of like the sirens and the, yeah. the cyclops in the cave and all of that stuff. Yeah. But and then it's not until you you grow up and you realise that's one small part of this big Odyssey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because what happens when he gets home? Uh, his wife, uh, Penelope. So she's kind of there waiting for him. But uh, but he has to go back in disguise as an old man in like raggedy clothes. He sneaks back into his house. Exactly right. like what happens yeah. in The Golden Bird. He has to sneak back in disguised as an old man. Or like disguised as a beggar. Yeah, yeah. Which is really reminded me of The Odyssey as well. But also on the Fox Helper, it's similar in the Odyssey that you have Odysseus, he has to do a task or he'd get into trouble and then a god would just come and help him and tell him exactly how to do it. So, for example, at one point, Odysseus and his crew land on an island, which is home to the witch-like Circe, 
and she turns all his crew into pigmen, basically. Ooh. And Odysseus is then on his way to her house to rescue his men, and Hermes just pops up, appears, and says, take this herb, and you'll be immune to her power, and you can force her to change the men back. So Hermes okay. just says, do exactly these things, yeah, yeah. and you'll be fine. Then after that, Circe then tells Odysseus how to get past the sirens, which you just mentioned, yeah. by like plugging your ears with beeswax, I think. Yeah. yeah, so the hero getting told what to do by some supernatural being, it's like something that you don't see now in fiction. It like kind of feels like cheating, almost. Yeah, yeah. But this device is found in our... Well, one of our earliest surviving works of fiction from around 800 BC, I think it was. Wow. And I think it's pretty similar in the Iliad as well. You have the gods just coming in and telling you what to do. Do you not think that's annoying, though, as a, as a narrative device? To remove, essentially, agency from, like, your protagonist? Yeah. Because like, well, it doesn't matter, like, what choices they make, what they do, because they've got someone to clear up the mess all the time. Well, that's what I mean. It kind of feels like cheating now yeah. to us. I think there is this view that in like those old Greek myths that it's a little bit unclear or fuzzy how much when they say the god or whoever told them to do this, how much that literally means like the being is there or it's actually in the head. Yeah, yeah. Kind of is like a metaphor for just their themselves. Mm. Like if it says like the god guided the arrow to the enemy and killed the enemy, it's like, does that mean that they actually did that or like it's a metaphor? Yeah. So there is, there is that element maybe yeah, yeah. to it. Oh yeah, true. But I know, yeah, it does feel a bit like it removes all agency. Yeah. yeah. But when it's a fox as charismatic as this one, hey, I'm not complaining to be honest. We do love a fox here at Grim Reading. According to the Brothers Grimm's in their notes on this story, the golden bird was obtained orally from an elderly female patient in Elizabeth Hospital in Marburg by Wilhelm Grimm. So they claim this in their annotations, but I've read that from the second edition of the fairy tales onwards, that account was combined with another version that was provided by Dorothea Veerman, who was an old lady from just outside Castle. The Little Peasant was the most recent one of hers we did. I think we talked a bit about her in there. Yeah. So they had these two versions that they kind of combined together. And they just went to a hospital and got yeah. a story from an old woman. Now, I remember in our own biography episode, I told you this story about how Wilhelm like hid in a cupboard while he got an old lady's children to tell them a story. That's weird. And I kind of feel like this might be that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, though. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Just got a feeling... So he, I think he, he like tricked an old woman into telling stories to, to collect for the collection. And did he mishear some of it? Let's be honest. He's like, chop off, what did she say? Chop off his head and feet? I'll just put that. I do. didn't even say fox. It wasn't a fox. <laughs> uh, the Grimm's claim that this is an ancient story, in their mm -hmm. words. And they talk about how you can find elements of it in old works, in Icelandic sagas, in the Bible, in the Arabian Nights as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really want to go into all of that, no. but just for example, um, the pushing down the brother into the well is found in the biblical story of Joseph. So in Genesis, Joseph gets pushed into a well by his brothers and then sold yep. into slavery. Yes. Kind of quite direct parallel there with the Bible. Oh yeah, that's true. Hmm. Now, Adam, I'd like to briefly direct us over to pronunciation corner the newly established corner excellent we've enlisted the services of uh, lisa marie our german language consultant with helping us with pronunciation of the story so in german this story is titled der goldene vogel der go what der goldene vogel golden frugel frugel vogel Vogel. Oh, Vogel. Like, yeah. Oh, Vogel. Fundervogel. Exactly. Yeah. This is like Duolingo, but without the passive-aggressive, like, <laughs> notifications you get when you stop going on it for a day. 
You're making the owl sound. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> it's so manipulative. Anyway, um, so it's called what? De? De Golden Vogel. Well, thank you, Lisa Marie. That's, yeah, still difficult for me to say. <laughs> Uh, but actually, that was from the second edition of the fairy tale collection onwards. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, okay. this story went by a different title in the collection. Vom Goldenen Vogel. Vom Goldenen Vogel. What's that then? Well, they can both be translated into English as the golden bird. Oh, so I was confused. Uh, so I asked Lisa Marie, what's the difference between them? Uh, you know, is it just crazy German grammar rules that we yeah. won't understand? Uh, and she responded, Regarding the difference between the two titles, Der Goldenvogel, which is the kind of final name it was given, mm. would be a more modern way of naming a story. The German Der acting like a definite article, mm-hmm. stating that this is about the, the golden bird, the, the golden bird, bird, and not yeah. any golden bird. Von Goldenvogel is more of an old-timey way of saying that this story is about a golden bird. A literal translation would be from the golden bird. And by saying from in German, we simply mean that this story is about this particular bird too. It is actually quite hard to explain now that I'm trying to do so. (laughs) She writes. (laughs) I mean, I'd be lying if I said I fully understood. Well, the, the bit about the definite article and the, like, a golden bird, the golden bird, that makes sense. Yeah, I, and I think she, she later explained that um, they use from in German in a different way mm. or in the way that an English speaker would use of. Yeah. So like the tale of the golden bird. Yeah. In German, you say the tale from the golden bird. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. Is that clear it up? I think so. That's a good German lesson there. That's fantastic. I love pronunciation corner. Well, our time here is over. So let's move oh. away from pronunciation Where are we corner. going now? Well, we are going... Across the whole world. Whoa, really? Yeah, boy. But I'm scared. Where are we going? Phil, I really need to hold your hand this evening. (laughs) (laughs) and lead you through the darkness to the lights. (laughs) Well, perhaps surprisingly, this is a fairy tale found seemingly across the entire world in many guises. Mm. It is Arne Thompson, Uther Folktale Type, 550, Bird, Horse and Princess, what? A.K.A. The Golden Bird. That's a, what, another title for the okay. ATU type. So this is how the story is classified in this like folktale index. And what happens in uh, stories from around the world that are classed under this type of 550 mm-hmm. is there's a quest for a wonderful bird. And with the help of an animal, the youngest brother succeeds. And on his return, he saves his brothers who then betray him. Right. That's the template. That's the sort of spine of the story. Yeah. And uh, there are variants collected from all over Europe and further afield, including Central Asia. For example, there's an Uzbek story called The Nightingale with the Sweet Voice. Oh. It's also found in Central Africa as well, stories of this type. There's one collected in Congo called The Tale of the Golden Birds. Uh, Okay. Uh, also, East Africa, India, South America, and all these different stories found in all these disparate places all pretty much follow the pattern of our one. Okay. Which to me just felt really weird because yeah. it seems like such a sort of specific story, well, an odd story. Yeah. But it's found everywhere. So, like, the fact that you, you told me the ATU type is woman a uh, horse and a bird or something yeah bird, <laughs> bird horse princess like what that's so specific <laughs> i know the bird as the object of the quest is oftentimes uh, a nightingale okay so it can be a real bird sometimes it's a phoenix i started looking into like magical birds in mythology and there is a staggering amount of magical birds in folklore and myth but I just sort of got completely lost in that world. And I dragged myself out. You'd be very proud of me. You dragged yourself dragged out of the magic, magical bird world? I did. Because uh, most importantly for our purposes is one magical bird in particular. The Slavonic firebird. <gasps> the firebird features in Slavic mythology and folklore and storytelling. You'll find this magical bird everywhere from Poland to Russia... Croatia to Ukraine. 
It's a magical bird that glows like embers, and it can either help or hinder heroes in different stories. So is it, it is a bit like a phoenix, then? Very much so, yeah. yeah. Very much related to the phoenix. Okay. I feel like mythical birds are quite interesting, though. Especially are to they? us from East Sussex, I'm just saying. Oh, he's making it local. I'm making it local. Making it local. Dropping in some martlets. Do you want to explain what you're talking about? Yeah, our county has a flag and it's of six birds that don't actually exist. And they're called martlets. The little yellow birds. So even in our weird little world, we live in our tiny corner of, <laughs> of, of the UK. We're living under a flag of magical birds. Yeah, we literally. We really can't escape these magical birds. <laughs> they're everywhere. Adam, stop dragging me down the okay. magical bird okay. rabbit hole. I'm sorry, let's bird escape. Hole. Okay. Bird hole. We've got to stick to the firebird. Okay, firebird. So, um, the famous Russian fairy tale collector, Afanasev, he has several stories featuring the firebird. There's the firebird and Princess Vasilisa. And there's another one he's got called Prince Ivan, the firebird and the grey wolf, which is a version of the golden bird. And it's exactly the same story, pretty much. Oh, and the, the grey wolf presumably is taking the place of the fox. Yes, indeed it is. Excellent. It's the main difference. And the other difference is that when he gets back to his brothers, Prince Ivan, he's called in that one, they actually kill him <gasps> by repeatedly stabbing him and slicing his body up. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit much. <laughs> it's, it's a little much, isn't it? But also, that's kind of an incredible story. Well, Afanasev doesn't go that far because the wolf brings him back to life. Ah, okay. But it's pretty shocking to read. It's pretty shocking to be repeatedly stamped and sliced up by your brothers. I can say that again. <laughs> it's pretty shocking to be repeatedly stamped and sliced up by your brothers. In case you're not getting how big a deal the firebird is, Adam. Okay. In 1910, Igor Stravinsky wrote the music for the Firebird Ballet based on the legends and stories of the firebird. And hopefully we're going to get to use some of that music in this episode. Excellent. If we can find it, <laughs> a decent recording of it. But yeah, you know Stravinsky, right? I know Stravinsky. Of well, you do. Friend of the podcast. So the Firebird is uh, a big deal out east. And apparently I've read that it's likely that the golden bird in our story comes from the Firebird. It's kind of bled through into Germanic storytelling. Okay. And, you know, bigger than that even is that this seemingly weirdly specific story is found all over the world and different elements of it as well like the well and the odyssey are like threaded into this bigger universe of storytelling from like everywhere amazing so it's understandable that your brain melted a little bit thank you I think that brings us nicely to the scores. I think you're right. So, this is the part of the podcast where Adam and I each give the story we've just heard a mark out of 10 for a possible maximum of 20. Yes. Adam, what are you thinking? The trouble is, Matt, I'm not, I'm just not thinking. My no. brain's d uh, just shut down. That's I'm, true. I'm, I'm currently rebooting it, but... Yeah. I'm holding your hand this episode. I forgot Thanks. about that. Thanks. So, um, one thing I thought, it's kind of the opposite to what one might expect of a fairy tale. The hero is literally robbing and stealing his way to a happily ever after. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. I like all the layers going on, as we said, of like, you've got that sort of brother side story there. I like the sort of, yeah, entangling of all the different, like, deals he's making. Yeah, that's great. Um, he keeps making loads of bad decisions as well. He doesn't just, it's not just the fact that he's stealing throughout. He also makes terrible decisions. And it's kind of annoying to a, a modern audience, I yeah. feel. Like, someone making bad decisions, messing up, it's kind of a bit frustrating. It is, really. Because <laughs> often the fairy tale hero will use intelligence, you know, brains over brawn. Well, I don't think he's for using brawn, is he? He's just no. not using anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the fox. Yeah. 
does the fox have enough star power to sort of drag this into your good books? No, I think he does. I mean, I don't think the story's in my bad books. It's more that the file is so large that the computer in my brain just crashed. I just couldn't take it. I'd like the escalating deals. I like the weird fox. I like the irresistible party in the pub. It's a tricky one. I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. I I had a feeling that it was sort of the ballpark you might land in. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, lower is not is not fair, because it is actually a very good story. Mm-hmm. But I'm also confused. It hasn't won your heart. It hasn't won my heart. It no. hasn't jumped out at you while you're bathing and kissed you. No. Surprisingly. I'm very grateful for that, actually. Because <laughs> otherwise I would have immediately followed it, asked to speak yeah. to my parents, get told no, start crying. It'd just be a whole thing. It'd be a mess. Yeah. No, we could do without that. that. Yeah. Um, well... I thought this had real potential to be a big hitter, yeah. Um, Score-wise, as you said, I think in Brother Lustig, maybe that you normally reserve your big scores for big adventure stories. Yeah. And I felt going into this, this is a pretty big adventure story. Yeah. So I thought there was potential here. It's weirdly dense. This story. There's yeah. actually a lot more going on than you realise. Yeah. I thought maybe what it taps into is a bit lost on us in the modern world, possibly. Mm. But I think there is a kind of hidden richness to it. So I'm going to go higher. I'm going to give it a... Ah, my scores have been such a mess this series. I'm going to regret this. No. I want to give it 7.5, but that's what I gave Brother Lustig, and I definitely prefer Brother Lustig. But I'm feeling 7.5, so yeah. If you're feeling 7.5... I'm feeling it. Then 7.5 it is. So that is a 13.5 out of 20 in total. Not bad. That's not bad. I think it might have been a bookie's favourite. And that might be a little bit of a surprise to some people. Quite possibly. Yeah. But you just never know, do you? You never know. You never know how weird our scoring is going to be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is... The end of our current cycle of stories, which means, Adam, it's time to pick the next stories we'll be reading on the podcast. Yes, so we are coming to the end of this series. No. Say it ain't so, but it is so. Oh. And even sadder than that, we're actually coming closer to the end of volume one of the Grimm's Fairy Tales. Fear not, there is a volume two. We've mentioned it before. But there are currently ten stories left of uh, of volume one. So considering uh, where we are in the year and where we are in the series, what we're going to do today is I'm going to announce the next two stories that Matt's going to read. And then I'm going to announce the winner of the patron story poll, which is going to be the third story we hear. This is not that complicated. I'm making <laughs> no, it sound more complicated than this. And then yeah. I will announce the final story <gasps> of the series. The series finale, Matt. The series finale? It's very exciting. Adam, is it going to be a famous story? I can't reveal anything, oh, Matt. Adam. But without further ado, the next story we're going to hear on the podcast is Frau Trude. Frau Trude. Yeah. No one's ever mentioned that. I've never come across it. We've never talked <laughs> about it. I'm excited to meet her. That, isn't that exciting? Yeah. You've got no preconceptions. No, none whatsoever. Could be anything. Brilliant. Then the next story after that that yeah. we're going to hear yeah. on the podcast is... Yes. Number 86, The Fox and the Geese. Oh, that's the last one from volume one. Oh. 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 Now, I had a suspicion that you were saving that till the very end. Ah. Ah, no, you just never fancied it. No, nope. <laughs> until now. The fox and the geese. Looked at it and it tickled my fancy. Well, I guess you've enjoyed the fox this evening, kind of. So uh, yeah. yeah. Then, after those two stories, we're going to hear the winner of the last Patreon poll. So, yes. What stories were in the poll, Matt? 
The choice for our patrons who choose every fourth story, or in this case, the third story that we read... Yes, bit messed up at the moment. ...was between Little Brother and Little Sister and The Old Man and His Grandson. Ooh. Now, The Old Man and His Grandson was a kind of veteran fighter from the Poles, lost one before, but did it come back swinging at him? Please, could you reveal the third story we'll be reading? The winner... With 52% of the vote is Little Brother and Little it's Sister. Little Brother and Little Sister. Oh, the yes. old man and his grandson are going to have to wait until another day. Sorry, lads. Not good enough again, guys. <laughs> what a shame. Love those guys. But, <laughs> but it's not about them. It's not. It's, it's absolutely not. Little Brother and Little Sister. And actually, I mean, that's a very exciting story. But then, yeah. you know what that leads us on to, Matt. Well, okay. Find yeah. out what yeah. the serious finale is going to be. Sorry, I didn't realise what a big moment this was. Matt has no idea, though he might have some idea. Well, we have two famous stories mm. left. We have Cinderella and Little Red Riding Hood. Mm. Now, it would make sense, I'm sure listeners would agree, to end the series with a big story. We've been doing it for a while, and uh, it makes sense, but Matt doesn't know which of those two I'm going to pick. It could go either way. It's 50-50. I'm going to tell you that much. <laughs> Do you want to tell me what story it is? So, the finale of series four of the podcast yes, is yes. going to be Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> they said it couldn't happen. Well, it did. Well, this is the one. It's the one. The, the one. one that I've been waiting for since the very beginning. Yeah, that's exciting. Wow. Now, so, yeah, so we are reaching the end of the series, but that is still four more stories we've got to go. Yeah. Um, it has kind of snuck up on us, on us, the ending, a little bit of the series. But it has. that's still a, a fair way to go. It's still a decent amount of adventures to have. And Little Red Riding Hood? That's massive stuff. It is. I think we were a bit reeling for that announcement. But yeah. that is that is very exciting. So just to recap, because I realised that was very long and, and rambly and potentially confusing. Quite drawn The out. next four stories we're going to hear are yeah. Frau Trude, The Fox and the Geese, Little Brother and Little Sister, and Little Red Riding Hood, or a.k.a. Little Red Cap. Yeah, so uh, we're not going to launch a new patron story poll. We're going to kind of figure out how to do that later. We have plans for series five as well that we're not quite ready to reveal yet but uh it will be revealed in due time as volume one draws to a close yeah we're planning something potentially quite fun yeah that is something to look forward to however for now we need not concern ourselves with that we've got four more stories to go and i should probably start researching little red riding hood as early as possible i think you should but you also have a little bit of research to do about one frau trude and now we're going to have, just before we leave, some more patron shout-outs. So, this episode, we would like to both extend very heartfelt thank yous to Humble Cannon, Debbie Grishard, Rachel, Sophia, Amy S., Catherine Schrader, Barbs, Laura Walton, Robin Denofa. And Marsha Davis. Thank you very much, everyone, for your wonderful support. Thank very you. much appreciated. Very much appreciated. Thank you so much. And welcome to the castle. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, our next episode, Adam, isn't actually going to be Frau Trude. Hang on. What? Why? Because we have a special interview episode. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. With Dr. Jamie Tirani, whose paper we discussed in uh, Brother Lustig. So I'll see, I'll see you there in our interview episode. I look forward to it. Well, until then, there's only one thing left to do, isn't there? Keep it grim. Keep it grim. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Grim Reading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash Grim Reading. 
And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim.